welcome to a Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and I'm just so thankful that you are listening today. Thank you for downloading this episode. Thank you for downloading a lot of other episodes. We're way over 3,000 downloads. We're in, uh, have been downloaded in 11 countries, um, I think 180 cities and perhaps 28 states in the United States. And that is just God. It's not anything I'm doing. That is all, um, that is all God. And we give him all the glory for that. Um, it's just, uh, such a blessing to know that there are others who want to learn more about him and his word. And I would invite you to continue to share with, uh, friends or family or, co-workers or just anyone that you think may uh, receive a blessing from this little devotional podcast, not because I'm someone that is um, easy to listen to, but because um, because it's the truth. Um, we are sharing the truth. The um, scripture says that the sum of all of God's word is truth in Psalm 119, 160. And this world needs truth, friends. So, um, Again, just welcome. Well, on to the most important thing today, and that is to talk about our verse for the day for February the 8th, 2022. And it comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians in chapter 2, verse 8. And it reads as follows from the ESV. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of your own doing, it is the gift of God. Oh my I say this every time, but there is so much good stuff here. But this is kind of a a much higher level than this. I think this is foundational to the Christian faith. This is this is just a foundational doctrine, and it's something you just need to try to just keep uh, understanding all the way down into the depths of yourself um, as a believer in Christ. You know, as I was preparing for this episode, one of the first things I I wrote down was, I almost don't want to use any of my words because I think I'll mess something up. This is just um, just so straightforward, but it's so rich and so deep. And um, just like the love of God, we can't fully grasp the implications of all of it, yet it's simple enough for a child to understand. And so um, we'll jump in and and see what treasures we can pull. But I can promise you that the more you read this, the more you study it, it will just come to be more and more to you. It'll grow uh richer and deeper and fuller uh, the, the more that you spend time in his word studying this. So as you know, if you've been traveling along with us very long on this uh, podcast journey, um, I think it's a good idea to give background and um, talk about the author and who the the uh, letter or the book was written to. And we read in Ephesians chapter 1 that this was written by the Apostle Paul. And it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we know that this was written to um, the saints at Ephesus, but because we are believers in Christ, it has um, just as much importance to us today. 
We've talked about Paul on several episodes, but it's it's always good to just uh, be reminded this repetition is good for all of us. And uh, Paul was an apostle. He was not one of the original disciples of Jesus. He was not one of the 12 who walked with him when Jesus was here doing his earthly ministry. He actually was a persecutor of the believers, the believers in Jesus. He was a Jewish man. He was a Pharisee, and he was very zealous for the law. He was actually on his way to Damascus to try to find some of these believers in the way so that he could arrest them and bind them and take them to Jerusalem. We read that in Acts chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. It says, but Saul, he was known as Saul then before God, before his name was changed to Paul. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And then it goes on to tell in Acts chapter 9 how he was walking along and suddenly... Um, he had an encounter with the Lord Jesus, whose followers he was on his way to persecute. It says in verse 3, Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, but rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, and for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. So he was he had this encounter with the resurrected Jesus, and then later goes on to be, to, um, be one of the greatest missionaries spreading the gospel, um, and God uh, used him mightily, mightily to spread the gospel. And much of the old, uh, or a big chunk of the New Testament that we read today um, was penned by Paul uh, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul was imprisoned in, um, in Rome, and he was sending letters back um, this is this letter to the Ephesians is one of the prison epistles. Epistle means letter, and he wrote this one, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, while he was in prison. And um, he was sending it back to a church that he had visited before. This church was located in Ephesus, which was... Um, the capital of the Roman province of Asia Minor, which is today modern-day Turkey. It's thought that the church at Ephesus may have been started by a couple named Priscilla and Aquila that we read about in Acts chapter 18. Uh, they went with Paul to Ephesus, and he left them there. If we read in Acts 18, beginning in verse 18, it says, After this, Paul stayed many days longer and then took leave of the brothers and set sail for Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila. At Tintray, he had his hair, I'm sorry, he had cut his hair for he was under a vow, and they came to Ephesus, and he left them, Priscilla and Aquila, there, but he himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. And we also know that later, um, 
Paul sent Timothy to the church at Ephesus. He had such a concern for this church and because there were some um, leaders that had risen up who were teaching false doctrine, and he sent the young Timothy there, as we've talked about in previous episodes, to help them um, know how to choose leaders and, and to remind them to stay true to the gospel. And then many years later, I think perhaps some 30 or more years later after Paul was gone, um, John, the gospel writer John, was told to write letters to the seven churches. in Ephesus, and this is in the book of Revelation, um, Ephesus was one of those churches, and we read about that, uh, the, that church in Revelation chapter 2. And in Revelation, in chapter 2, it says, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent, and do the works you did at first. And um, so we, we have several references to the church at Ephesus in the scriptures. And I just love that. I love it when we can search the scriptures and see references and we can get a little bit better picture of what may have been happening. This was not just a a, a frivolous letter or a letter with no meaning or, um, you know, these were real people. This was a real place. Um, and so I just think that that's helpful for me when I'm studying and I was, I hope it will be for you as well. Now, you know, you've heard me say this before, I love all the words and all the verses, but there are just some some wonderful, marvelous, marvelous treasures in this book of the Ephesians, to the, I'm sorry, the letter to the Ephesians. Um, there's some foundational um, truths for every believer, and that's um, one of the really neat things about um, the letter to the Ephesians is the first part talks about doctrine. The, the second half really talks about how to walk it, how to live the Christian life. And and um, that's just such a blessing. So we um, switch over uh, leading into the verses today. Paul has given this uh this wonderful opening about the spiritual blessings we have in Christ. And when I was very new to this podcast, I think on the 3rd of January, we talked about Ephesians 1-3, and that's before I was really getting into my, uh, getting comfortable with this, and that's when my podcasts were very short. <laughs> um, but now as we've uh, become uh family and we're sharing more and more and I feel more comfortable with you I like to give you the background and share more with you about how I study so um, you can uh, go back and listen to that Ephesians 1 3 although the audio may not be fabulous and the speaker was still very nervous Um, but we talk about or Paul talks about in this opening in the first chapter of Ephesians all the blessings that we have in Christ and and just how thankful about the riches of all these things that God has given to us. Um, and then he switches gears and we uh, hit chapter two. And it starts like this, and I'm going to begin here leading into our verse for the day. And he was, he's first reminding them about all the blessings we have and kind of how far they've come. And then we get to this chapter 2, verse 1. 
And you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Oh my goodness, I just love this. Paul opens this section by reminding them um, where they were, and that's where every one of us are as sinners. The scripture says uh, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and if we stay in that sin, we are dead. We we will not have this eternal salvation. Um, but if we, by faith, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, then we can be saved. But he was reminding them, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you were once walked. And I love this. Among um, When you get to three, it says, um, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. We were following our own desires and not the desires of, of God. Um, but then he gets down to verse four. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us. And we see that in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. But it says, And even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. And it's like he had to put this big emphasis in, By grace you have been saved. And then in verse 6, I love this, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you recognize that the tense has changed there, the verb tense? It tells uh, what he did for us when Jesus died on the cross, and then it talks about something that is like it's already happened. Um, and so from God's perspective and Jesus's perspective, who are not bound by time like we are, they can see the whole thing from beginning to end, but there's there's no time segments, which is just really hard for me to wrap my mind around. It's hard for us humans to understand that. But he sees that as the deal is done. He is already, he has, has raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your, uh, not your own doing, it is the gift of God. So I think it's important to park on some of these uh, churchy words. Um, many of us have been in church all of our lives. Some of us haven't. So what is grace? Well, what's the big deal about grace? Well, it's everything, actually. It's by grace that we've been saved through faith. Um, but what's what's the definition of grace? <clears throat> Excuse me. Grace is 
unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification. Oh my goodness, that's a lot of big words. But it's really unmerited favor. It's favor that we don't deserve, that we could do nothing to deserve. And many years ago, I heard um, a definition and they used an acronym for grace and it's God's riches at Christ's expense, G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. So what are his riches? It's his riches in um, in heaven. It's his riches in eternity. It's that eternal life given to us. But who paid the price? It was Jesus. Um, and there is not one thing we can do to earn it. The only way that we can receive that gift that's already been given is is truly to receive it through faith. And that faith is in Jesus. You know, we read in um, John, and we've read this several times, um, but it, it just bears repeating. It bears repeating. It's so important. In John chapter 1, verse 14, And the Word, which was Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then you jump down to verse 16. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. That's that unmerited favor on top of unmerited favor. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus that we get this this marvelous grace. And we've talked a few times in this podcast about how following the rules and regulations of the law was not enough there was something more that was needed, and that was Jesus's um, pure sacrifice because he was sinless. He was fully God, yet fully man. Uh, Hebrews says he was tempted as we are in every way, yet was without sin. And so he could be that perfect spotless sacrifice. And in Paul's letter to the Romans, he explained this, and, and we've... Uh, you know, I say this a lot where we talk about in Romans 3.23, it says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But there's so much on either side of that verse. So if we back up to chapter 3 of Romans beginning in verse 21, I think you'll see more of this um, about God's grace. It says, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. It's by grace through faith. And then when we talk about what does it mean that we're saved, it says, for grace you have, for by grace you have been saved through faith. So what does it mean to be saved? Because if we don't know what that is, then this really doesn't make a difference. But we are delivered. We're delivered from sin and spiritual death. 
we're rescued from eternal punishment. We're rescued and delivered from that um, eternal separation from God. And that eternal separation is just not darkness. Scripture says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And um, so it is separation from God, but it's also eternal misery. But if we believe in Jesus, we put our faith and trust in Him, then we will be Him and have life eternal, life eternal. And it's just, um, there's no contest, is there really, when you think about it that way? And it is all through faith. And so what exactly is faith? Faith is a strong belief or a trust. And in this case, we put our trust in in the one true living God and His Son, Jesus. Um, Hebrews 11.1, 1, I love this. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It's just we know that it's going to be there. And you know, it was that way for Abraham when God made a promise to him that he did not see. The scripture says that um, God credited his uh, faith as righteousness because Abraham believed God and God credited it to him as righteousness. And that was before Jesus. That was before the law. But what made him righteous in, in his sight was that he believed God. And it's the same for us. If we believe what God has done for us in sending his son Jesus for us, um, the one who died on the cross for our sins and that he rose again and that he's uh, did that for you and for me, and that he's coming back again. That's all it takes. But we humans try to make it harder than it is. We try to throw our spin, our traditions, our rules, our regulations on it, and we don't have to. We look at our verse today, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God not a result of works, so that no one may boast. We didn't do anything to deserve this. Uh, God had this plan from the very beginning. We can't do enough. We can't do enough rites or rituals or enough mission trips or give enough food or give enough money or be um, a certain way. We can't be good enough to earn this. It's free. It's a gift. And um, I would just urge you, friend, if you have not received that gift, um, call out to God. And if you have, thank Him for it. I mean, this should be something that our heart just overflows in praise to Him for on a regular basis. I love this part in Romans as well. In chapter 5, it says, uh, beginning in verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Oh my goodness! And then if we jump over to verse 9, it says, Since therefore we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by His life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. 
Oh, friend, just thank him for that. Thank him for this gift of grace. Thank him for the gift of salvation. Thank him for um, the faith that he's given us. Uh, it's just such a blessing. And, and we'll know more about this as we read God's word, as we study God's word, as we live God's word and share God's word. Friends, I know this is this has been a, another one of those heavy episodes, but it's so foundational, and I pray that you'll just spend time rereading these verses and just meditating on and thinking about what God has done for you. And I'll close with this in Second Corinthians chapter thirteen, beginning in verse eleven. It says, "Finally, brothers, rejoice." Aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. And down in 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Blessings, friends. Until next time.